Hello everybody, this is episode 11 of Existential, and today we talk about open-mindedness and closed-mindedness and the way that affects the way people look at the world. But before we dive in, I want to give a brief thanks to our sponsor. Alright, so today we talk about open-mindedness and closed-mindedness. And essentially, people don't really have a very strong understanding of open-mindedness and closed-mindedness. I like thinking of it as how open or how think of your mind as a door. How open is that door or how close is that door? That's how open-minded you are. How much do you let your mind interpret and understand? How much do you let of your how much of your reality do you permit to let through that door? Now, closed-minded people typically have a very closed door. They want to keep what's inside inside and trust and understand that what's inside stays inside. And there's a certain and it's understandable and there is a very uh, there is a very strong consolation and very strong security knowing that what you know is what you know, you know. So at the end of the day, open mindedness is a very difficult thing to achieve. People are born in different ways and this is highly affected by your environment. Like I have friends for instance, who are highly involved, who are highly open-minded, and I have people, I know people, especially my family, who are arrogant about what they know, who fixate on the specifics of what of their reality. So it all boils down to influence. Now, uh, individual individuality in social context is an important idea when we're exploring open-mindedness and closed-mindedness. So in social situations, right, in, in the social context, there is a rebellious individual, and then there is the fitting individual. Now, the rebellious, uh, the rebellious individual in the social context will not bend for anything. There is nothing that will make this individual bend. Now, this malleability can, is really what can help many people become more social. When they're in there, when they're around people, right? Let's say everyone's wearing blue, they want to wear red. That's their freedom, but they they sacrifice the possibility of fitting in, right? So it's rebellious individual. I will not wear blue. I am me. There is nothing that can stop me from being me in my social context. You can't change me, right? Very common. Then you have the fitting individual who is confident in his own beliefs, which we'll explore later. Who is confident in his own beliefs to the point where he can be himself or herself and still be to some somewhat malleable so we're going to explore how we're going to explore we're going to explore this idea a little bit later so you have to remember that no matter what people get influenced just as they get inspired you know people many times they'll often think that oh i don't get influenced you know i'm sturdy in my own beliefs blah 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 but Conversely, they'll look at they'll look on uh, social media, and there'll be this amazing, insightful quote, and they'll be inspired. But at the end of the day, inspiration is influence. Influence is literally can be negative or it can be positive. So getting influence, getting uh, inspired, is a type of influence. So there is no immunity to influence, right? There's no immunity of your circumstances around you because as we'll explore later as well, people are sponges and to a pretty insane degree. People are sponges because people 
are beings of adaptation and our consciousness or our heightened ability to understand uh, as opposed to animals helps us with this adaptation right helps us adapt to new situations right that's why people can learn things quickly you ever see how you i mean you ever observe how amazing and how unbelievable it is that a human being can learn how to cook eggs from one person learn from the other and then you know most of the time perform with near accuracy the way they were taught something like i can learn something from you and then three weeks later repeat it you know like how how unbelievable is that that i can learn to shoot a jump shot and repeat that shot on the court you know that's that's a pretty amazing thing so it's this heightened ability that allows us to understand certain dimensions of things right because our consciousness has a heightened ability we're able to understand things at a higher level right while an animal can only understand things two-dimensionally. The human can understand things. I'm not, this is not a specific statistic. This is just animals can see things two-dimensionally. Human beings can see things three-dimensionally. And because there are more dimensions to something, as we explored previously, in different episodes, there are, we have an, un, we, we, there are more reference points to understand something. So this ability to understand, there are more reference points, so it's more easily, you can uh, remember it. Uh, in a much easier way. So we are beings of adaptation and being human, in other words, being consciousness does help us in many ways. So in a way, it would be going against our nature to be closed-minded. It would be going against the way we are trained. It would be get, it would be because we just saw that we are beings of adaptation. We are people that we we are just that's our species. We look and we adapt we change we adapt right so this adaptation is synonymous to a very large extent with open-mindedness if you're open-minded to something you adapt you change right there is a willingness to change that is adaptation now if we are closed-minded it would be going against our nature to be closed-minded or to yeah i mean and the fact of the matter is that going against our nature is not a bad thing you know, we were put here with instincts to steal. We were put here, some of us, with instincts to kill, to assault, to murder, to kidnap, God forbid, right? There are many, everyone has their urges, right? So that's our nature. We are jealous. We are, humans experience a, a wide variety of emotions, right? And this, uh, it, it would be going against our nature, right? Technically, if we wanted to solve our problems of jealousy, right? So nature in and of itself sounds like a very innocent term. But when you kind of dive into it a little bit deeper, you see that people are, uh, their nature does not dictate 100% good. So going against our nature is a good thing sometimes, right? But before we dive into what exactly a closed-minded person is, what a closed-minded individual is and how he kind of sees the world, I want to give a brief thanks to our sponsor. All right, so closed-minded individuals. I always like thinking of closed-minded individuals as someone attached. Attachment is closed-mindedness. So here's a pretty eye-opening concept. What people are insecure about, they hold on to. People constantly think, again, because people are also great actors, just naturally we're great actors, people think that I have a secure hold on something I'm confident in, in my hold of something if I'm holding it, right? I'm confident if I'm holding a pen in my hand. I'm confident it's not going anywhere because I'm holding it. 
But the fact of the matter is that I am insecure about the pen leaving my hand. Obviously, this is an absurd example, but people are insecure about what they hold on to. If I hold on to something, if I'm holding on to a certain belief or anything, if I hold on to a belief, there is a possibility, I believe there is a possibility that that belief will escape. And for that reason, I'm holding on to it. What people don't have to hold, they trust is there. What people don't have to have a constant grip on, they believe it's just there. Do you have to constantly obsess over your breathing? Is that something you're holding on to? No, because there's an understanding and an overall trust that you can breathe correctly. There's o- Your mind only uh, secures what it believes will run away if it's insecure. So what people are insecure about, they typically have a strong grip on. And you can see this in so many people. When people typically act a certain way or they talk a certain way or they there are certain elements of their life that you can see it's just they're just so passionately holding on to that's something that that's something about their life that they believe will that some that you know they don't have control over it they don't have they believe that it just it's going to leave if they don't have a strong grip on it so the closed-minded individual fixates on what he knows because what he knows is insecure now again the closed-minded individual fixates or holds on to what he knows because it's insecure right he has a very lacking balance uh, or lacking basis of what he knows right someone who knows they can breathe well doesn't fixate on the fact that they can breathe right if i'm going around advertising the fact that I can breathe, there's clearly a fallacy or or just something uh, wrong about the way I breathe. So there is a there's an underlying trust that I can do what I that I do what I do because it's just there. You know, I have a trust there's an underlying trust. Now, uh, I want to give a a pretty brilliant uh quote from uh from from Buddha actually. And it's pretty simple, you know, in his, <coughs> excuse me, in his, in his brilliant words, right? The root of suffering is attachment, right? This is very deep and very, you know, to some degree esoteric, but to some degree also widely understandable. So the attachment, right, is suffering through the fact that attachment is a lens, Attachment creates filters, and humans, when people when people have attachment and people are holding on to something, you only have two hands. That means you need to let go in order to hold something else. You know, this is a very, very common, <coughs> excuse me again, a very common idea, because uh, attachment it, because um, to learn something new, you have to spill out the cup. You can again going back to the example I gave um, in, a, in previous episodes. You cannot fill a cup that's already full with more water. <coughs> you need to spill out the existing liquid to uh, to fill it with more water. Now, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> A little bit of a drink of water before we continue here. 
So, to illustrate a little bit of an example of what uh, of what <clears throat> of what I'm trying to talk about, humans are like sponges, and we have been this way since birth. <coughs> the co closed-minded person is unable to collect more water because he is insecure about what he has already collected. The water that he already has is <coughs> is water of insecurity. And because of this, he is unwilling to take more. Closed-minded people, you know, they ha don't have a horrible connotation, right? But how horrid of an existence is it to pass up every single moment without seeing it in without even picking something up <coughs> because the more filters there are the harder it is for something to enter <coughs> excuse me again this is indeed closed-mindedness and we are going to take a brief sponsor break from here and then we will close with what an open-minded person is all right so we're back still getting over that coat that a uh, little bit of a cold here but open-mindedness equals disassociation the opposite of attachment and closed-mindedness attachment creates filters and the more of a filter you have the less is being interpreted the less is being personalized you can see but you don't interpret you know just even looking with a very physical through a very physical lens when your mind when your brain sees something when your eyes uh, scan your circumstances you look and then there is a separate component right you see the obvious the colors right you see the collection of colors the collection of whatever it may be right i'm looking at a pen i'm looking at the colors the shading the the way the colors interact with one another the everything about it. i'm looking at the tone but what actually is it that is specifically that is the interpretation part of of sight i look at something but i don't actually understand what it is that is um that is precisely uh, attachment right that is so what does it mean when something is being less interpreted it means that when i'm scanning my circumstances when i'm looking at my reality i see but I don't feel because of all the filters there are between what I actually see, the collection of colors, and what's personalized. Now, the open-minded individual has no, very little filters. Now, what is the highest form of enlightenment? This, was, this is an idea. I do not know specifically who it was from. I've slightly modified it, but open-mindedness means to know without associating right to know without associating is the premise by which open-minded people work with right that is the that is the understanding right when you're when i'm talking about a filter i don't mean specifically oh you know i'm only looking at i'm only personalizing what's okay with my masculinity right although that is a filter but it can be positive filters like religion you know if i'm people you have to notice right people who are don't have such a strong grip they're religious but they don't have a such a strong grip of the scripture or such a strong grip of the text or the ideas right you can go out and debate only when you know the facts a hundred percent 
so confidently that you can debate someone else. So this open-mindedness is a heavy, heavy contribution to lack of filters. When there is no filter, when there's a filter, it means you don't know 100%. You know, that's, that's the association. But to know without associating, right? I know this pen exists. I know it's sitting on my, I know it's sitting on my desk. I understand with 100% certainty, this pen is on my desk. I know it, but I know it so well, I can be open to the thought. I can be open to the possibility that it's not there, right? <clears throat> Once again, uh, I'm exaggerating for, for the idea here, but you know, the fact of the matter is that associate to know without associating, right? So I can, <clears throat> I can know something without actually having a relationship with it. I can understand a reality without developing a, because once there's a relationship, there becomes a filter. <clears throat> Anything with a filter becomes, becomes uh, more difficult, right? Because the more hands are occupied, the less you can hold. But knowing means that <clears throat> it's in your hands, you have a memory of it was in your hands, but now your hands are blank. Like in my mind, I know this pen was once in my hand, but I'm open to having a pencil in my hand. I'm opening, to, I'm open to new thoughts, right? I know my faith and religion so well that I actually have open hands to such an extent that I'm willing to look and evaluate what I understand because I've open hands. Like I've spilled, like I'm able to spill out the cup of water to refill it with a different drink and compare the water to the different drink because I have such an understanding of both, uh, both ideas, right? So the closed-minded person, or the, I'm sorry, the open-minded person has a sponge that can hold unlimited water. Unlike, you know, the, the closed-minded individual whose sponge is unable to collect more water, he's insecure about what he already has, about the water he already has collected, Right, the open-minded person has a sponge which can hold unlimited amounts of water. And they constantly absorb water. Right? He has the open the open-minded individual has an ability to uh, constantly absorb, right? And unlike a physical sponge which does have a limit, you decide. It's all in your power. You actually have the ability to decide how open and unlimited your sponge is because there is very, I mean, the human mind is unbelievable in the amount of, the amount of information it can understand, interpret, and make connections with and whatnot. I mean, people are crazy. And, and the fact that we're surprised at our own amazingness, the fact that we're amazed at our own, uh, our own biology is, is pretty crazy in and of itself, which is a different topic. But people have an unbelievable amount of capacity they can hold. But you control that. You control that. You control how open-minded you are. You control the filter. You have to live with your without, right? You control without controlling. Lao Tzu. Amazing book, Tao Te Ching. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing scriptures and whatnot. But he talks about, his whole idea is to control without controlling. Fight without fighting. That's Sun Tzu. That's uh, the art of war, right? To touch or to to fight without actually fighting, right? That That's his whole... That's his whole philosophy, right? So you can hold without actually holding. 
right? You can have an unlimited sponge that you can hold unlimited water, but how is it unlimited? It's because whatever water is inside, you know, you don't fixate on what you know, you fixate on what you don't know. That is the trick. That is the lens by which an open-minded individual uh, functions under. So again, being open-minded, there's no specific connotation. I mean, again, with the connotations, every experience is valuable. To the open-minded individual, every experience is valuable because there is something to be learned and something to be received from every single experience. Every single interaction, every single experience, again, that an open-minded individual has is just water, right? It's also interesting because the more you, the longer you live in a closed-minded state, or the longer you live in an open-minded state, that just becomes permanent, just becomes a part of the way you see life, and it just becomes an unconscious thing. When you're open-minded for so long, all the experiences don't become the possibility of what can I learn from here, right? It just becomes just part of reality. But a closed-minded, after a certain amount of time, a closed-minded individual will just experience something and not see any water to be collected, right? Using the sponge analogy, the closed-minded sponge cannot co- does does not collect water because it cannot see water. It no it seizes the potential to see any sort of water it can absorb. But the open-minded person, right? And this comes just with long, just long and hard practice, right? I mean, this is literally living and living it with it and living with it till it just becomes habitual. So, with an open-minded individual, the open-minded sponge is not only able to receive and interpret the water, but it's able to see and understand how much water there is in every experience. Every experience is valuable because there's something to be learned and something to be received. Because every interaction you have, no matter how stupid it is, it is filled with water to be interpreted, right? And things that our mind considers boring, there's a lesson to be learned from everything. A lake with some trees and just some some calm nature, right? For an open-minded individual whose sponge is whose sponge is is just constantly fixated on what I can learn, it that is that is Disneyland to him. But to a closed-minded individual, attachment to what he knows, a river means nothing. And uh, with that, we we are going. We are going to close. So again, thank you so much for listening. All your support helps. Be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of Existential.